Good morning, Matthew. I'm Frank Getman. I'm the CEO of Great Bay Renewables. Great Bay is the leading renewable royalty uh, company in the, in, in the world right now, and we have a great head start. We are the operating company uh, owned 50% by Altius Renewable Royalties, um, listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange, and the other 50% is owned by uh, Apollo Infrastructure. Great stuff. Uh, Frank, thanks for coming on the show. Obviously, we know the uh, Altius guys. Uh, um, he's been on the show a few times, and Apollo, I guess, needs no introduction. Um, can you just tell us about what, what the agreement looks like? You know, who, who's, who needs to do what? Who puts in what money, etc.? Sure. So, like I said, Great Bay, uh, based here in the U.S., is the operating company. We are the one who goes out and sources deals and identifies deals and, and closes those deals. And then the uh, we are on 50% by Apollo and 50% by Altius Renewable Royalties. It's a true 50-50 uh, joint venture. There's no special rights or privileges. And so when we identify an opportunity, we bring it to, to uh, our, our investors and they fund it on a 50-50 basis. If there's ever a dispute or one party wants to go forward and the other one doesn't, there's a mechanism built in where we can still pursue the opportunity with one party, should that be the case. But to date, everything's been funded on a, on a full 50-50 basis. Right. And, and, that, and obviously, the, those guys both have large pockets, which, which is great. Um, typical deal size is what? Just remind me. I would say uh, twenty to fifty million dollars is a typical deal. Okay, that's so that's nice. So if one of them doesn't want to go ahead with something, you can bring another party in. Um, does that would that change the um, equity dynamics, or would that be done at an asset level? It would be done at the asset level, and and we would still manage it. But the interesting, the other party would get a carried interest on it, almost like a management fee, as though Gray Bay was a fund. So there's still an economic interest for the party that doesn't participate, and that's how we made it fair for everybody. Okay, and um, so I just want to understand roles um, here, because obviously, okay, Altis Apollo Money, um, you are the ideas guys. You, you're the ones that find the, the, the projects, negotiate the projects and bring that to the table. So is all the diligence in-house um, at, at Great Bay? Yeah, this is, this is an important point. Um, I have over 25 years. Our team has, you know, each of us, we've been together for years, and we were developers before we started this royalty, uh, renewable royalty business. We were renewable energy project developers. I mean, Greenfield, you know, dirt on our fingernails, out, you know, out there getting the land, identifying the opportunities. So we, we understand the development process very well, which I think gives us a real leg up when we look at these opportunities. We can identify who are the good teams, who are the good projects. And it's not something um, that I think necessarily like a pure financial Wall Street uh, investor would be able to really fully evaluate. So I think it's a real advantage for us. And I will tell you, when we walk in uh, and, and talk to these renewable developers, we can understand their, their business. We can talk the talk and they don't, they aren't concerned that we're trying to, uh, you know, bring some fancy new Wall Street financing product that uh, isn't going to work out for them. Um, well, look, I'm, I'm glad to see um, there's no kind of structure of finance from clever Wall Street individuals making money for you-know-who. Um, so back, back to the diligence component. I, 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 you have been developers um, at the beginning, so you can talk their language, which is great. But what are you looking for? Because there's a big buzz phrase going around at the moment, which is basically energy return on capital invested, right? That's the, that's the, the phrase people are looking to. Um, what are you looking for? Right. We're, we're looking, we have a little different approach is that we look for good teams. 
And we found that the, the teams who have a great track record, there's a reason that people are in the development world, you know, it's a little bit like making sausage. Things don't go in a straight line. And sometimes it's a little scary, but good teams are able to get enough projects across the line that you can earn a good return. So we look for those teams that are serially successful and we look to provide them with flexible capital that they haven't had access to in the past to really accelerate their business and allow them to keep more of what they create, which is the compelling reason for them to work with us. So um, versus us going in, we are able to underwrite and look at their, their pipeline of projects and understand whether we think it's a quality pipeline. But by and large, we're looking for successful teams because that's proven to be the, the biggest key indicator to future success. Okay, so in terms of the word renewable, you're, you're agnostic as such. I guess people would look to you know hydro, wind, and, and, and solar. Is that predominantly, predominantly it? Or is there today, other today we're doing utility-scale wind, utility-scale solar, associated battery storage. Usually it's with solar. Okay. We haven't done any standalone storage yet, though I expect we will at some point. The way to think about this is our capital is for the deployment of true and trusted um, technology. We're not a VC firm out, you know, seeking to, to determine which is going to be the next winning, you know, hydrogen technology. But even hydrogen at some point when it becomes proven and they're looking for capital to deploy and, and roll out that proven technology and you can look good visibility into the cash flows from that technology, our capital would be, would be useful in that case too. So we're going to go as the market evolves to wherever that the, the, the proven technology is. And right now that's utility scale wind and solar and storage. Okay, so that, that's really interesting. So um, you're not, you're not going to sort of p put your money at risk by going for new unproven technologies. Um, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but in terms of the this, this size of these projects, what, you get, what, what are you looking for? Because I guess ultimately, this is a, you're taking a, an existing um, mechanism, royalty, and applying it to a, a niche space uh, like renewables, and I'm sure you've got views on where, where the how big the space can get. But um, that that, pro that proven model needs to rely on revenues coming in. So, are you looking for existing revenue generating businesses with, uh, and, and then you're kind of sharing some of, taking some of that um, from existing businesses, or are these yet to be built? development projects with near-term revenue opportunities? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. It's actually both, and we call it our barbell approach. We have, we're investing at the development stage with good teams, with really solid pipelines, and I can talk a little bit about our recent, the recent deal with Tri-Global, you know, in Enbridge, and uh, we can talk a little bit about that, but that was a developer that we backed at, at an earlier stage. We gave them the flexible capital they needed to grow their pipeline, and they had a fantastic successful result. I mean, that was a case where it truly was a win-win-win, where we gave this great team, we identified a great team, they had a great pipeline, they needed a better structured capital that allowed them to keep more of what they were creating. They were having to sell projects and recycle dollars versus it advanced their entire portfolio. So our capital came, uh, we were able to structure a partnership with them where we got royalties on the projects in their pipeline, they more than doubled the size of their pipeline from our capital. We, we invested approximately 46, $46.5 million. And then in a matter of a few years, they were able to, able to attract someone like Enbridge who came in, paid them a very handsome price. The TGE shareholders did really, really well. Enbridge got a top flight team with a great pipeline and we got, you know, we're gonna get royalties on, you know, between five and a half and six gigawatts of projects. So it was really 
and our capital was that enabling capital that allowed that to happen. So that's on the development side of, at an earlier stage, and we help them through till they become operational. There's also, because of recent changes in market dynamics, an opportunity for us to invest directly in operating projects who want to have more market exposure. Historically, um, all renewables projects had all of their output locked down under long-term power purchase agreements at a fixed price. Well, prices have been falling for many, many years, along with lower interest rates. In a falling price environment, a fixed price PPA is really attractive. All of a sudden, with inflation and costs moving up and power prices moving up, a fixed price contract isn't as attractive anymore. And these owners are wanting more exposure to underlying market prices. But what that's done, that means that the banks are willing to give them less uh, debt financing because they have more market exposure on the price of, on the offtake. So then we come in and help them fund that gap now in the in the capital structure. So it's really both ends, and it, it's working. Um, you know, and, and the the level of activity on both is very very high right now. Right. Okay. So it, it's you're, you're the same as every other kind of royalty in the, in the sense that when when markets are a little bit tighter, um, you know, companies tend to have a little uh, less flexibility. Um, and this feels like a much more attractive or clearly less less dilutive um, form of investment, which is which is which is you know good good news for you. Um, for them, they've got to make that. Do you, do you think it's the, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it's clearly not the go to? The go to for them would be look, we want to capture all of that um, value, you know, d you know, downstream as it were for the life of you know the, whatever contracts they have in place. Um, but for you, you've got to make hay while the sun shines. And right now, it must be a pretty good market. Yeah, it's a, very strong, it's a very strong market. I guess the way to think about it is that we've had massive innovation on the technology front for the last 15, 20 years, where the cost of panels has come down, the efficiency has gone way up, you know, 90 plus percent, you know, decreases in the cost of these panels and turbines, yet while at the same time, the efficiency has gone up, but there's been zero innovation on the financing front. And if we're ever going to meet all the goals that everybody has, and everyone has very high aspirations about, you know, the, the clean tech revolution and the, and, the, and the transition, we're going to need new sources of capital coming to bear. And, and we're one of those. I'm not saying we're going to be the only one, but I think there's an opportunity for us to grab a very nice piece of the business in the need for new forms of capital to help build out these pipelines and these projects. Right, and, and talk to me, well, then, then it kind of leads on nicely to the, the bit I in, uh, intimated that earlier, which is about, what's the, what's the scale of the opportunity here? Yeah, it's it's Because you know, cause I, I'm used to dealing with royalty companies based in the mining space, and the mining space is, quite frankly, it's a small space, right? Energy is very topical at the moment. I think most people have got their eye on that, um, but it's also a very large space. So do you, obviously you're in the renewables component there, but how, how big is this renewables section going to be as a percentage of the market? Well, if you look at the broader themes, the way that we're going to reduce our carbon footprint globally is to electrify everything. But that doesn't work. We all drive electric vehicles. We don't have renewable energy to go along with it. And we're burning coal to, to power our electric vehicles. That doesn't get us where we want to go. So the two really do go hand in hand. And, you know, so the size of it's, it's, you know, trillions of dollars over the next coming coming decades. And I guess if, if you know, Franco Nevada is a 20 to 25 billion dollar, uh, the leading, you know, precious metals royalty company in the gold mining sector, if we were to able to to become the Franco Nevada of renewable royalties, you're talking to something that's you know multiples larger than that is the size of the opportunity. So it's our job to uh, 
and, and we are the leading company right now, so I think it's our job to execute, and that's what we're focused on doing, and really gaining and, and, and maintaining that leadership position so that as we become a more um, accepted and adopted part of the renewable sector, we become kind of like that, that blue chip name that, you know, you know, Franco and Wheaton have in the, in the, in the precious metals markets. Right. So what have you got to do? Because like, if I look at Apollo's balance sheet, man, they, they got deep pockets, right? Um, what have you got to do to impress on them that one, it's a good, you know, steady flow of um, opportunities and that the projects are being, you're picking the right ones, your diligence is working and that the deals can get bigger. Um, and if they, and if they're not interested in that, and I'd be surprised if they weren't, but if they're not, you know, does your deal allow you to um, basically get outside of both of your current uh, equity uh, investors? Can you go uh, elsewhere? We could do that, but I don't think that's going to be an issue. And, and let me tell you why, because Apollo in their infrastructure fund had previous investments in the royalty model in oil and gas. They're, they understand and, and love the royalty model. The idea that they found a, a company that's executing on how to apply this model that they already like into a very large opportunity. They, they are, you know, um, the, the, the pressure's coming the other way, should I say, for us to find more deals and, and more opportunities. And one of the things I love about our relationship with Altius and, and, and Brian Dalton is they've got 25 years of royalty experience. So one of the things Brian impressed on me early on was that the best predictor of the future value of a royalty is the size and length and duration of the resource, right? And so you think in mining, a, a, a resource that can grow with time, well, that royalty will have more value. There is no underlying resource which is longer in duration than solar and wind. They, 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 we're high grading these opportunities. So once we have a royalty on a particular project, it's highly, highly likely that there will be a renewable project there for the foreseeable future long after you and I are long gone. Because really what we have is a call option on future technology. As the solar panel technology gets better, they're going to replace the current panels with new ones because it's hard to find a new spot to put the, a, a new location versus going back and repowering existing location. So that embedded optionality, which is really the, king, the, the, the linchpin of a good royalty investment, which is really powerful in mining where you have a depleting resource, think about now take that same concept of this embedded optionality and apply it to a perpetual resource. And that's really the power of what we're doing here. It, no, 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 it's, it's, super, it's super exciting. The, the, the future and, and technology is a big, big, big part of this. But um, you hit upon something there which is going to intrigue me, which is um, what about the recycling of the renewables side of things? Because in mining, they've got you know, rehabilitation costs and they've got to put up bonds and, and, and so forth. And that's, and that's down to the, the companies themselves. Um, it's not down to the royalty companies. I mean, you don't have any exposure to any of that, do you? It's just pure, it's the equivalent of a net, you know, net smelter royalty. We That's are got. a top-line gross revenue royalty. So we get that, you know, look at the embedded optionality, which is one of the most exciting things. I just mentioned the bluebird value, as I call it. It's, it's if they repower it using new technology. Look, at there was an example last year, Brookfield bought a project uh, you know, paid full price with the sole intent to repower it. It was only 10 years old, but the economics made sense to put in new turbines. That's going to happen again and again and again. Well, we're high grading these opportunities. We're choosing the best sites first. So when we have royalties on these sites, it only makes sense that they make that investment. We have none of that CapEx exposure. 
Um, if, if the license life extensions of these projects goes on, we get that benefit. If merchant prices move up, we get that benefit. So there's all kinds of embedded optionality with none of the associated costs. Same thing as you would have in a, with, a, with a mining royalty. So, so it's, it's, so it's on, again, it's kind of like mining, I'm just, because a lot of the people watching this will be, understand the kind of mine royalty model, right? So you, that is on a fixed area within a, 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 an asset, it may cover the entire asset or part of an asset. Likewise for you, if, if energy is generated from that particular land bank that you, you have in your contract, whether they renew it or bring in a different type of energy, you have, you've got a royalty on that space. Correct. And even if they expand it and they go through the same interconnection node, which would make sense, if they add battery storage to an existing solar project and that increases revenue, we get exposure to that with no incremental cost. Our CFO likes to say, if they start selling hunting licenses on this property, we're going to get our share of the, uh, the revenue generated from that. So yes, it's a true top line perpetual gross revenue royalty. I think Mr. Dalton would like the hunting license, comp license component. Um, okay, uh, okay. So, so that, that's really interesting, um, I, and, I, and I better understand um, how the, how that works. Now, talk to me about the. Okay, maybe talk about some of the deals that you've done recently, because the bit I want to get to is the revenue, because that's that's the be end, be all and end all, right? So, talk, you can talk through some of the deals you've done recently. If I could just back up one second. When we started this, we didn't know whether. These, we are trying to introduce a new source of capital and where they're going to accept and adopt this new, who, who are these people coming to me with this new source of capital? I think the fact that we are developers helped us get across the goal line, but we've been able to attract some of the blue chip players in the industry. We've done deals with um, TriGlobal, who was recently acquired by Enbridge. We, we uh, did royalty financing with Apex Clean Energy, which was acquired by Aries Capital, another large private equity group. We've done deals with Long Road, a, a recognized leader in the industry. Northleaf Capital, up in your neck of the woods, a very established private equity group. And the counterparties on our royalties, because ultimately, if we give a developer capital, our counterparty isn't that developer. It's who they sell the project to, who the ultimate owner is. Well, in our case, that's been Nextera, Leeward, CIP. It's really, truly has been, you know, the bluest of the blue chip players. So the question of whether the market would accept and adopt this type of financing has, has been answered. And the answer is, is a resounding yes, which is really exciting for us because that was a big unknown. When we started this business, we didn't know whether the market was going to be open to this new form of capital. So, um, you know, we've, we've done, I think the TGE deal recently getting acquired by Andrews was a great validation of the value of our capital. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, the other, the other blue chip players I mentioned. So, and, uh, and we have a strong, strong pipeline of, of new opportunities. And, and the recent, uh, the IRA, the, Invest, the Inflation Reduction Act, has only you know, put gasoline on the fire and that projects that um, may not have been economic otherwise have now jumped and are now economic again and they need capital as well. So there's, uh, it, it's an exciting time and, and the need for flexible partner-like capital is more than ever. So, well, that's, that's kind of an interesting one. You know, the, the, the IRA is this kind of you know, burst of energy into, this, into the ecosystem. It's, it's, it's obviously clearly synthetic in, in a way, but is, is it, in coming back to the diligence thing, it's because you've got to look long term for all of these things, right? Is it a case of, well, that's just cheap capital, which is what this maybe marginal project needed or this cash constraint project needed to kind of get it going. But once it's going, the cost of energy that it supplies and the contracts it can achieve um, in, into whichever markets it's feeding into, um, that's the bit we're interested in. What went before, irrelevant to us. 
that's where you're looking at it. It's more of the latter. You're, you're correct. It's, it's more of the cash flows from the projects that we're focused on. I would say one thing about the IRA that people don't fully recognize is it didn't deal with a lot of the internal angst in the system having to do with transmission constraints and, and just the, the, the magnitude of the rollout that we're trying to achieve it didn't do anything to address some of those issues. So they're still going, and, and any kind of delays in rollout results in the need for additional capital. And the way that we structure our deals is that we are not harmed by delays in the development process. Our money is accruing. And if it takes a developer a, a longer time to get an interconnection approval or something, they just owe us more royalties until we hit our threshold return. So we're- Oh, so I missed that. I missed that. Oh, yeah. wow. So we, we, oh, we that's huge. Well, that's because we were developers and we know always take the over, right? It, these things always take longer than you think they're going to take. And so we said, how can we protect ourselves? So our money is accruing. And if it takes longer than it, if, if we thought it was going to take three projects for us to hit our return, just making a number up and, you know, our base return, our base return is between eight and 12 percent. That's, uh, you know, pre-tax unlevered. And if it takes longer so that our money's accruing and they owe us a fourth, well, they just owe us a fourth project. So we're protected from that, those delays. Okay, interesting, interesting. So, and, but, but again, I want to kind of bring it back to the mining thing is, which is, so that's really good in terms of the, the time frame. You know, from you know, this date to that, well, you know the start date and that's great and it accrues. Um, but with, with mining, there's a kind of, sometimes there's a blue sky component. So I'm trying to think what the equivalent of that is. Is that just a case of the, the company then scaling up the, the the infrastructure at that site to be able to produce, you know, go from, I don't know, two, two gigawatts to three gigawatts. That's your upside. You, 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 get, you capture some of that as well. Once we have a royalty in place, that's our upside. As I mentioned, the Bluebird value, this, you know, adding additional, you know, uh, you know, repowering, you know, expanding, extending, all those, we get that upside. At the earlier stages, our upside is that as they develop more projects, the, the amount of our collateral actually gets larger. So our risk goes down. And one of the opportunities we found with, uh, yes, with every, almost every single of our counterparties is their opportunity to deploy more capital into their existing pipeline because our capital has helped accelerate their growth. So we kind of grow along with them and then we get more projects. So that's been, you know, to give an example, we started with TriGlobal with seven and a half million dollar investment. And before Enbridge acquired them, we had deployed $46.5 million. So we grew along with them and, and their pipeline went from a little over a gigawatt to almost six gigawatts during that time. So you know, more money deployed, better pipeline, more projects. So it really is a win-win. Okay, and back to the revenue component. What's the guidance you're issuing? Yeah, so we, we just, uh, yesterday actually, we just, uh, we, we had early in the year, we looked at our, our existing pipeline of projects and what's operating today. We have six operating royalties. Um, we have three in construction and we have 22, I think it is, that in our development pipeline. But based on what we knew was operating uh, this year, we issued initial guidance of uh, four and a half to five and a half million dollars. That's U.S. for Great Bay, 100% portion. And we just, based upon this summer period where prices were much higher because of, uh, in large part because of uh, heat wave through Texas, we were able to uh, increase that guidance to six and a half to seven million. So a, a significant increase in our guidance. And we also are well uh, situated to continue to grow that revenue stream 
you know, if we didn't make a single other investment right now, based on what's already in our pipeline, we're going to see exponential growth in our in our revenue over the coming years. We're going to make additional investments because I can see what's in our pipeline, but we are very well situated for continued strong revenue growth. How, how does a humble scribe like myself, who, who might want to kind of model this, get get the information to be able to work out what the next three years could look like? Yeah, well, in terms of well there's some, there's some uh, we haven't provided three-year guidance, but there are some, I know some of the uh, analysts out there at the investment banks have, have done their own modeling and have their own forecasts, but we haven't provided that guidance today. We've just done the one year. We were just getting going. As we get better visibility, um, you know, it wasn't clear to us. We have three in development. We wasn't clear, you know, that are actually in construction, not development. Three new projects that will be coming online, knowing exactly when those things are going to turn on. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to, we, we, we definitely want to be in a case where we underpromise and overdeliver. And I would just say when we, when we went public last year in March, uh, the, um, we, said it was going to take us you know two years to be able to deploy the capital i think we've we've deployed it already and it deals better than what we thought we could find and we have a great you know pipeline of, of future deals so if anything we've we've over delivered on what we told the market at the time we went public right and say so, do you think you're getting fair reflection of that at the moment or was it a case of you're just starting to get known i mean what's more to cut today i think there's two things one is uh renewable royalties is a new thing i think uh um, if, if you, we don't believe there's a better way to invest in renewables than through the royalty model for the same reason that if you want gold exposure, you might look at a gold mining royalty company or whatever other you know, base metals, you might look at Altius for you know, the, the exposure. We think it's the best way to get exposure to renewables, but that story is just getting out. And then also our stock has taken a bit of a hit with the recent you know, market downturn along with everybody else. Perfect time to buy. Massive discount. Is that what we're going to say? <laughs> I, I don't, can I say that? I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, look, Frank, that's a really lovely introduction to the company. Obviously, love the renewable space, love the royalty space. Uh, you, you kind of brought the two together, um, which, which, which is good news. Um, we will definitely try and come back and speak to you again, um, see how things are, are coming along. Um, with your projects, etc. But appreciate your time today. Stay in touch, okay? Thank you. Follow follow our progress. We're going to have lots of exciting news going forward.